It's the Speedway Show, an idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speedway. Hey, how are you today? This is Speedway, and thank you for joining me today on the Speedway Show. Today, I have a radical proposition for you. And you may be listening because you saw the title and you thought, hmm, I wonder what she's going to say about that. We're going to talk about delegating your love life. Let us suppose that your love life sucks. Your marriage was a complete disaster. And every man or woman you've dated since is just like that lying, cheating, gold-digging son of a so-and-so that you still have nightmares about. The only sane women who are into you are all married or otherwise unavailable. And the opposite is true. Why does this keep happening to you? Well, whether you're a man or a woman, married or single, if the romance isn't going well for you, I am going to suggest that you have an option that you might not have thought about. And you might be thinking, well, if I'm married, why does this matter, right? Well, because you can be married and still feel like your love life isn't going that well. That perhaps you are sort of regretting that uh, you got married to this individual in the first place. And perhaps you might be thinking that, um, boy, if I had known he or she was like this, I might have made a different decision. Matter of fact, I'd like to make a different decision right now. So all of us, whether you are married or whether you are single, go through times when you may feel like, boy, this sure isn't what it was cracked up to be or what it was supposed to be. This is not what I had in mind when I said I do. This is not what I had in mind when I started dating this individual. I certainly did not anticipate that they would turn out this way. So that is the concept that I want to explore today. What if you could delegate your love life to someone who knew you better than you know yourself? What if you could delegate your love life to someone who would be so well-researched when it comes to looking for the ideal match for you that not only would they get the choice right in terms of the things that you really want, not the things that you think you want, but the things that you really want. But what if they actually also got right the things that you need? Because you did such an effective job of delegating. So now you're thinking, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know anybody like that. Stay with me. Let's talk about why people do not delegate. Now, the reason part of this was, kind of a radical idea for me was because I thought, you know, we do it in the workplace, or at least we know we should do it in the workplace all the time. As leaders, as managers, as um, anybody who is in a position of responsibility, especially if you have people who, who report to you, one of the things that you very quickly find out, or even if you're a business owner, you very quickly find out that you can't do everything yourself. And in fact, you realize that you may have people on your staff who might do certain things even better than you. 
And so you then start thinking, well, you know, if I give this person this task, and if I give that person this task, then things might go a little better. Not only do I have two people tackling different parts of the job, but if they do it well, then this is actually a plus for everybody concerned. So that is the benefit of delegating, especially if you're delegating to somebody who's just supremely competent, right? Because those of you out there who have really good employees know that when you have someone that you can absolutely and completely trust with the work that you give them, it just makes your life so much easier to the point where they become an accelerator to your success. And you probably can't even imagine what you would do without that individual. I actually have somebody like that. She is a um, the most supremely competent paralegal that I have had in my life, and she is just absolutely amazing. I can hand something over to her with minimal instruction, and not only does she get it done, but she gets it done right away, and she knows when to come back and ask questions. She knows when to come back and say, well, you know, this is how far I've gotten, and here are the issues, and she is just absolutely phenomenal. So delegation, when it's done correctly and to the right people and when you're delegating the right stuff, can work incredibly, incredibly well. Now, it's a hard thing to do, even in the business environment, because there are a lot of people who should delegate who don't, or there are a lot of people who don't delegate well. And there are some reasons why people don't delegate. It is, I would argue, it is a critical skill. And if you look at, you know, some uh, what experts say about delegation, you will find that one of the things that um, becomes quickly apparent is that delegating is not an accidental thing that just happens. It is a skill. And it is one that you're not going to get right away. And it's one that you have to practice and you have to kind of work at it, okay? So that's the first thing that you should know, that it's not the thing that you're just going to wake up one day and say, oh, I'm just going to start delegating stuff and it's just going to happen, right? It's a scale. The the other thing, um, it, it's something that a lot of people don't do well. I was actually reading an article that um, from the Harvard Business Review, and what they found was that uh, in a 2007 study on time management, they discovered that close to 332 companies, uh, close to half of the 332 companies they surveyed were actually quite concerned about their employees' ability to delegate, right? At the same time, only 28% of those companies that were so concerned about it offered any kind of training on the topic. A lot of times, their managers said, well, you know, we're just too busy to delegate. And uh, frankly, by the time I've sort of laid out the instructions and done everything else, I may as well just do it myself because it takes about that long. There are other reasons why people do not delegate, and this is something that you're going to find is probably true of you in respect to this topic. Um, we are control freaks. You might be thinking, delegate my love life. Why, why on earth would I delegate something that is so near and dear to my heart? Why, if there is anything that I want maximum control over, it is my romance, whether it's my relationship with my spouse or whether it is my choices in um, deciding who I date. Most people 
would generally probably agree that that is something that you really want to have a lot of control over. And I would argue that, well, on most days that's probably true. But it depends on who you're delegating to. If you delegate to the right person, you actually are much better off just giving up complete control and allowing the delegatee to do the work for you so that you can move on to other things. Other reasons people do not delegate. Well, you know, I haven't found the right people to delegate to, right? So delegation only works well if you've got, you might be thinking, an employee like you, right? So if you've got, if I too had a direct report who was amazing and who could do all these wonderful things and who was just, you know, practically walked on water, I could just hand stuff over, I absolutely would delegate. But I do not have the right people on my uh, staff to delegate, and I certainly do not have the right person to delegate my entire love life to. Matter of fact, I have a couple of really close friends, and there is not a single one of them that I would entrust my love life to um, because, you know, they're always full of advice, but uh, kind of short when it comes to execution and getting things right themselves. So why on earth would I delegate to any one of them? So that's another reason why people don't delegate. Another thing. You know, it's hard to let go. You might delegate something, and then you want to micromanage it. You give it to somebody, and then you come back and you want to check on it. Oh, I just want to see how things are going. And before you know it, you have taken back control over the very thing that you delegated. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, it's something that's kind of hard to do. Even if you succeed in getting to the first step of actually delegating, um, Sometimes we find that we take the work back and or we want to sort of look over the shoulder of the person who has received it and we want to make all kinds of suggestions and meanwhile, you know, they're trying to get into their own groove and they're trying to do this their own way. And here you are constantly suggesting, constantly looking over their shoulder until at the end of the day you might as well have done it yourself. And then, of course, if it doesn't go well, you're sitting there thinking, see, I should have done it myself. Why? Look at this. It's a disaster. Not realizing that your meddling has actually been a really big part of the problem. So things to remember about delegating. You know, um, make a point. If you decide to actually do this, make a point of committing. I'm going to delegate this love life that I have. I'm going to delegate it for, you know, pick a time, six months, 12 months, whatever it is, and see how it goes. And um, when I delegate it, I'm really going to give it away. I'm not going to hold on to it. I'm not going to stay on top of it. I'm not going to watch it like paint drying or like trying to get water to boil. I'm really going to delegate this challenge, okay? So what is delegation anyway? I took a look at some um, other articles, and I came up with a pretty good um, description from nursingtimes.net. And what they said was, at an individual level, delegation is the process of entrusting authority and responsibility to others. Um, And then it goes on to, to say, you know, to manage the work of other people and to meet the objectives of the organization, which is not, here obviously we're not talking about an organization today, we're talking about you and your love life. And there are all sorts of benefits of delegating, right? So delegating 
allows you to do other things that perhaps you cannot delegate, right? And you may not save a whole lot of time in the beginning, but over time it does become a noticeable benefit because you save yourself a lot of time. And I would argue the way that I recommend you delegate is um, it actually saves you a lot of heartache because if you do it correctly, you're going to be on a journey and you'll be able to see your progress at every step of the delegation journey because it's going to bring you along as well and teach you and train you in the way that you need to be trained in order to accomplish the goal that you have, which presumably is to have a better romantic life. Um, There are all sorts of other benefits that come with delegating, which is, um, at, at least as I'm suggesting it, one of the things that you will find is it will build trust. Trust is something that you will need in order to grow your uh, relationships, in order to improve that love life you're trying to deal with, um, whether it's your spouse or whether it's with a significant other. And it will also uh, teach you to grow into a better you so that you can have the better relationship that you wish to have. And a lot of it, you know, is really about improving you and um, your personality so that um, you can be a the kind of person who's going to be attractive to the kind of person that you want, assuming what you really want is you want to have, you know, um, a better love life than you have today, right? So all of that plays into this concept of delegating, okay? So how do we delegate? Well, there's some there's some best practices and good ways to do that. One of the things that you have to get past is to recognize that the reason you're procrastinating in your delegation is, first, first of all, you probably haven't thought about it in quite this way. I mean, most people don't think about their love life as something that is even delegable. And on top of that, the idea of delegating a love life is probably something that had never occurred to you up until this conversation and this sort of bit of curiosity that you might be having about this topic right now. So haven't thought about it, fine. The other thing that's going to stand in your way once you get past the concept is probably trust. And the idea that I'm going to entrust someone, especially if it's someone that you feel like you don't know that well, that's going to be a really hard thing to overcome. But baby steps, the journey of a thousand steps begins with a single one, right? And Or is it the journey of, I think it's the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Zig Ziglar, my favorite motivational speaker, said, you don't have to be great to start, but you've got to start to be great. So in other words, if what you want is great success in your love life, you have to take the first step. Even if it's a teeny tiny little step that is just wavering and easily blown over in the wind because it's so tenuous and it's such a tentative step. But you've got to take the step. And after you take that step and you find yourself still standing, you take another step and you take another step and then you take another step. And before you know it, years have passed and you look back and you go, my, look how I have grown. So these are 
things to bear in mind when you do, in fact, get to that point where you say, you know what, I'm going to try this because I've tried everything else. I've tried changing my spouse and it sure hasn't worked and we've been married for 20 years. I have tried um, changing, well, you know, most of us don't really try that hard to change ourselves, I have to confess. Uh, you might you might feel like you have, though. You might say, well, you know, I've tried changing myself, but clearly there are things that I'm not seeing because things are not getting that much better. So there are some things to do in order to prepare for the delegation task. So analyze your love life and why you're not happy about it and what it is that you would like to fix. So you might be sitting there thinking, you know, I have been trying to get my spouse to be um, more loving and kind towards me for the past 10 years, and it sure hasn't worked. That is something that I want to change. I have been trying to get my uh, boyfriend to, yeah, heaven only knows, propose to me for the past five years, and we're still living together and is still not working because he does not seem to have any intention of taking that next step, Right. Whatever the issue is, analyze what is it that you're really trying to change? What is it that you really want? Because in order to delegate effectively, you have to be clear about the outcome that you're looking for. So once you have figured that out, then, you know, you start thinking about, okay, so how am I going to let this go, right? I'm going to communicate it. I'm going to explain what it is I want, and then I'm going to let it go. The other thing that you have to recognize is, you know, I did a show with a uh, very wise woman by the name of Dr. Antoinette Smith, and um, she is an author of a fantastic book, You're More Than What Meets the Eye, and uh, you can actually find it. I'm going to post it on the uh, website for the posting for this show if you want to get a copy of it. But um, one of the things that uh, we talked about one day, we did a show called It's not him, it's you. And her premise was that in all of your love issues, it's never him, it's never her, it's never the other person, it is always you. There is always something about you that you need to grow, develop, or change. And I think that's actually quite true because who we are really defines our experiences in life and how we... um, Behave and how we think really has a lot to do with the choices that we make. So perhaps if you find that you keep dating the same sort of guy, maybe it is the challenge lies in the choices that you are continually making. You keep choosing the same fellow. And maybe it's the same fellow because, you know, he's just like your father. Or um, maybe you keep choosing someone, people who um, are a lot like your mom in terms of their personality and, you know, there's sort of this continuous dysfunctional thing that's going on. Perhaps you internalize things the same way. So um, I've had friends like this, and and, and I had, I, I wouldn't even call her a friend, actually, because I didn't like her very much. But, you know, there are sometimes people who, no matter what happens, they view it through the same tainted lens. Everybody is out to get you no matter what happens. And regardless of how well-intentioned somebody might be who does something for them, if it doesn't go exactly the way they wanted it to, they assume that it must have been because this person had ill intentions for me. You know, 
You ever meet people like that where it, it, it just doesn't matter? You know, maybe it's the dad, maybe it's their mom, maybe it's their friends, maybe it's their spouse, but it's like everybody is out to get them. That's just how they view the world. Sometimes if you are one of those people who views the world that way, it could be that your love life isn't going well because that is just how you process and that is just how everything looks to you. And in order for you to enjoy a better love life, actually part of what has to change is um, the way that you view the world. And nobody is really going to tell you that unless you're really, really willing to hear it and to do something about it. So now, to whom shall we um, delegate our love life? Hmm. Well, um, my suggestion is going to be you delegate your plans to your, wait, 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 let's have a drum roll. Oh, see, now i got to go find the drum roll. Hang on, <laughs> i got to go find the drum roll. See, I hadn't actually planned to use a drum roll. So let us find the drum roll. Oh, here we go, here we go. You're going to delegate your love life to... Your dad! You're going to delegate your love life to your dad. Now you're thinking to yourself, my dad? Now, if you're like me, you're thinking, my dad isn't even alive. My dad passed away, you know, last yesterday, last week, last year, whatever it is. Why would I? And if your dad is around, you might be thinking, my dad, my dad's divorced. Why on earth would I be delegating my love life to my dad? And who delegates the love life to their dad anyway? You know, who ever heard of such a ridiculous thing? Well, I'm going to qualify my statement. I would like you to consider delegating your love life to not your earthly dad, but yes, yes, your heavenly dad. And, um, you know, I call him dad because that's the kind of relationship that we have. Uh, some people call him, you know, the great God Jehovah. Some people call him the Lord God Almighty. But, you know, that's not very personal, is it? You wouldn't really think about delegating your life life to, you know, the great God Jehovah. It's like, oh, gee, really? <laughs> Why would he care about my love life? And um, you might be thinking now that, okay, that makes absolutely no sense. I can't even imagine how I'd even begin to do that, right? We don't have that good of a relationship. Matter of fact, I, you know, can't remember the last time I might have even talked to him. I think uh might have been Easter or Christmas, you know, I go to church once or twice a year and I, I, I do my obligatory Our Father from time to time. Um, but no, I, I, I really can't fathom delegating my love life to God. So let me suggest to you, though, that actually that is the only one who fits the bill, who would be the appropriate delegatee for your love life. Why? Because. God is the one, the only one, who knows you better than you know yourself. God is the only one who knows you better than anybody else in the world knows you. Why? Because he created you. Somewhere in my life manual, and I'm not a pastor, so I'm not going to start you know, spouting Bible verses with any great degree of um, 
um, precision, but uh, I'm speaking as one who has a fair has some familiarity with my life manual. I call my life I, I call my Bible my life manual because it is exactly that. It is a manual for how to live your life, what to do, what not to do to live your best life, um, what to do if you find that you have run your life off into the ditch. It is all of those things, and it gives you all sorts of tips about how to think about things. And, um, you know, God very clearly says that um, he is our creator, okay? He knew us before we knew ourselves. As a matter of fact, we existed long before um, long before we got to this earth. One of the things, and actually I found the Bible first, this is coming from the Psalms. Psalm 139 says, 1314, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. This is the great God, Jehovah, who created you. This is God who knit you in your mother's womb. Is there anybody who could possibly know you better? No. Not only that, but God has all sorts of really good plans for you if you would just let him in, right? He says, for I know, this is Jeremiah. I'm actually quite good with the Internet. I'm pretty good at finding Bible verses. I know enough about what it kind of says, and then I have to go find it to figure out what it really does say. So in Jeremiah 29:11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now, who better to delegate to than one who has plans like that for you? So now you're thinking, well, mm, that all sounds very interesting, but let's get back to my original barrier, trust. I do not know God well enough to trust him. And, you know, why should he be concerned about my love life? And the answer that I would give you, now those of you who have children will understand this really well, which is that if you are a parent, let's say you have a toddler, right? Um, you will know that toddlers have all sorts of, you know, catastrophes and calamities that befall them in their own minds, right? And to a toddler, you know, a boo-boo is a really horrible thing. And a boo-boo um, may be the crisis of the day. Now, you as the parent have all sorts of, you know, bigger and much more important things to worry about, like paying the bills and, you know, keeping your job and holding on to, you know, whatever. Um, but when your child starts crying because they stubbed their toe or they hurt themselves or they fell over, especially moms, we drop everything to go running to rescue the baby, and we pick them up and we cradle them and we kiss the boo-boo and we say, oh, I'm so sorry. And, you know, somewhere in, deep down in our hearts we actually relish that role because we love parenting and we love our children and we love being able to hug and cuddle and, and do all of that stuff. And I would argue to you that that is exactly, exactly um, how your dad feels about you 
somewhere in the Bible, apparently it's in Luke, um, where the passage says, Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings? And not one of them is forgotten before God? But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. That is how God feels about his children, which is probably, for those of us who are, you know, loving and and, and good parents, who are, you know, reasonably well-adjusted, perfect, though not we are, we love our children, and that is how God loves you. There's a whole song about how his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches over me because, you know, if he cares even about the sparrows, even he cares even about the blades of grass, right? There is a um, passage about how God even cares about the blades of grass and how even the blades of grass are not even as as even Solomon in all of his glory was not decked out as well as, you know, something as simple as a blade of grass that's here today gone tomorrow. So imagine how much more your dad must care about you. So that is the basis of your trust. Even if you don't know him that well, even if you don't really feel it, trust that he does care about you. And the journey of delegation is going to be one that will take you some time. You give it because here's what happens when we delegate, especially to God, right? You sit there one day, you are, you know, motivated. Yes, yes, I'm going to delegate this. I'm going to delegate my love life to the Lord, and I'm going to give it to him. Here, Lord, I, I, I sit here before you, and I'm going to delegate to you this task. And they know magic words to delegate. And um, part of the reason I call him my dad is because we have that kind of relationship. I don't have magic words with bees and vowels to have a conversation. I just sit down, I close my eyes, and we have a conversation. And I don't say it out loud, by the way, so if you find me talking to God, you're not going to find me talking out loud. I go within and I, you know, focus internally because somewhere in the Bible it also says, uh, lo, the kingdom of God is within you. So you go with it. You sit down, you focus, you concentrate, you still your mind, you concentrate on God, and you simply speak to him in the words of your heart. You know, and it could be as simple as, Lord, you know, because you know, he knows you. He knows you better than you know yourself, right? So if you're sitting there with your love life in a shambles, the one person who knows that better than you is him. And not only that, but he knows more about why it's in shambles compared to anything that you'll ever know. So it's fine to simply say, hey, look, God, you know my life. My love life is a shambles. You know it ain't been going well. You know you know that is your child over there. You know that your daughter, let's say you're a guy, right, and this is you're talking about your girlfriend or your wife, you can be as honest as you feel. You know your daughter is crazy. You know that woman is a nut from the word go. And 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 frankly, I know you know it because I can see it. And um <laughs> you surely you must see it too. <laughs> and so um but here I am, I'm stuck with her and uh, I want to make this work. So I'm going to delegate unto you the task of figuring out how to make this work, and I need you to show me what I need to do to make this work. Matter of fact, it would be great if you would show me the truth about my situation so that I can see it more clearly, so that I can do what I need to do in order to do my part to make it better. I mean, it can be 
just that honest of a conversation, because I've had days where I have looked at my father sort of metaphorically and I've said, Lord, I know that's your child, but I know you know he's a nut. Or, Lord, I know that's your child, but surely you can see that he is such an arrogant so-and-so, because I can see it, and everybody else at work can see it too. And so... And so, you know, that's just being honest. Now, maybe he's not arrogant. Maybe I'm just seeing it incorrectly. And if I'm seeing it incorrectly, I open myself up to the possibility that God's going to show me that I'm not looking at it correctly. But that is how you begin the task of delegating. You just tell it like it is. I am not perfect. I am struggling. I need your help. So why don't you take it from me, and as I'm delegating to you, I open myself up to the possibility that the problem isn't even that no good gold-digging so-and-so spouse of mine. Maybe the problem is me. And so you tell me what it is that I need to change. Now, once you have handed it over, the hardest thing is going to be to leave it there. And I challenge you, though, to leave it there. And if you keep finding yourself taking it back, then you just keep giving it back to him because he's not going anywhere. And uh, he'll be there. The next time you come and you re-delegate, he will be sitting there and he might have a chuckle, I'm sure, about the fact that you've got to come back and re-delegate because while you weren't looking, somehow you picked it up again and started running off with it. And now you've got to come back and say, oh, didn't I delegate this task to you? Okay, here it is again. And um, God is forever patient. He'll be there and he'll let you delegate it as many times as you need to. But I would suggest that you should do it. Why? Because. God is going to show you all the things that you need to know, and he will walk you through a journey that you will always understand if you're paying attention. He will bring people in your life to challenge you and to to grow you in different ways, and you'll be able to look back at your life and go, you know what, there was the lesson that I had to learn out of that situation. There was the thing that God wanted to teach me, And here is how I have gotten better as a partner, as a spouse. Perhaps you need to become more patient. Here is how I have become more patient. Here is how I have slowed down the way that I approach relationships. Here are the things that I have been able to learn. Why? Here I am able to be a better partner because of all the things that God has showed me about myself, even when I thought the problem was that no good spouse who, as it turns out, isn't really a no-good spouse after all. She was just trying to cope because I was who I was. And the fact that I was coming home every day and not being helpful and being nothing but critical, um, you know, it turns out that that was the crux of the issue that she had with me. And perhaps he went off and he cheated on me, not because he's a horrible son of a so-and-so who needs to be, you know, tarred, feathered, and lynched, but perhaps because I was forever critical. I made him feel like he was less than a man. I made him feel like he was never good enough. I corrected him. I corrected the way he walked, the way he dressed. I tried to change everything about my husband. And by golly, when he got to to the office and that woman told him what a wonderful, handsome, strong guy he was, poor guy he couldn't resist because, frankly, the way that I was behaving, he really needed somebody who was going to build him up. And now I have learned the error of my ways. And would you look at this? My relationship is better. There will be surprises for you, and it may be hard because change is difficult because none of us wants to change, and most of us think we're really good people, right? So that 
is my lesson and my suggestion for you today. If you are feeling like things haven't been going well, you've been trying to do this love life thing all by yourself, it ain't working, it ain't working, it still ain't working, try and delegate the task. And I would love to hear from you if you do it, so delegate the task. And, um, you know, send me a note. If you want to send me an email, you can send me an email at speedway at com and tell me how that went for you. If you are struggling with it, send me a note, and uh, perhaps we can help each other through it, because after all, the show is an idea exchange, helping you to live well, live fully, and love deeply by improving the quality, in this case, of your personal relationships. So that is my suggestion for today and my thought provoker for the day and the week. Think very, very seriously about delegating that love life. And if you feel like you don't know God that well, start there. Lord, I don't know you very well, but I heard this show about delegating my love life. I think maybe it might work, and I want to do it. And so how about we start by getting to know each other better? Why don't you start by showing me how I get to know you better because it's easy to learn uh, and relate to somebody that I can see, touch, and feel. But I have no earthly idea how to start learning and, and, and getting to know someone that I can't see, touch, and feel. And maybe you need to go to your life manual and read it because there's a lot in there about who God is and his love for you and um, how he handles certain things and how you should handle certain things. That is a prime way that you can learn how to get to know God better. And the other thing is, he will come to you. You sit there every single day and you pursue him. You sit down for even five minutes. Just start with five minutes. Just sit by yourself quietly in your little corner, same corner every day, because, you know, it's good to get into habits. And you just say, hey, help me get to know you. Help me get to know you because i got work for you to do. And, I, I, I you know, Spiewa tells me that you're, you're happy to do it because you're my dad and you love me and I'm going to believe that even if my earthly dad did not give me a good example of that because you're my heavenly dad and I know that you love me or at least I'm told that you do. So I'm going to give it a shot. And uh, let's see how this goes. And, uh, but, you can't, but you can't do it for one day and then give up. So give it six months, give it a year, see how it goes. And that is my suggestion for the week. And until next week, this is Speedway saying thank you so much for joining me on the Speedway Show. And until next week, go in peace and delegate your love life. Thank you for joining us on the Speedway Show. Visit thespeedwayshow.com for content and other episodes. Join the fan page at facebook.com slash thespeedwayshow. And follow Speedway on Twitter at the handle The Speedway Show. Until next week, live well, live fully, and love deeply.